0: Hi there, and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keene, a senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today.
1: Keep praising God while I move this. I just know me. I know me, and I know that I'll trip on that. Um, Hey, can we thank the team as they go and you guys can take your seats. All right. I wanna share from Matthew 7, not 6, Matthew 7, verse 21 to 23. And I wanna encourage you, get out your Bible, get out your... no pen and paper, notepad, phone. I don't know how uh, you can listen to the Word and take any of it in without writing it down. All right? And I really, really um, believe, like what Pastor Jared always says, and we'll speak on it tonight, the power of Christianity is actually applying the Word of God, not just listening to it. So as you're hearing, you might not like anything that I say, that's okay. But just even write down the Scriptures, because that's from God, so... Nothing else is. We know that that is. All right. So Matthew, no, I believe, look, I believe that God has spoken. He will do and He will speak tonight in Jesus' name. All right. Matthew 7 verse 21. And it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he, he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Only he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And so in this, it's very confronting. I'm so sorry to start with a confronting scripture. But in this scripture, Jesus is identifying two different types of people, yeah? The first type of people are people who, um, who won't enter into heaven, They're the people who may just believe in God or call on Him when they need Him. Um, But the second type of people that he's referring to are people that believe in Him, but then allow their belief in Him to cause an action that they will do what uh, what His Father is asking us to do. They're people that don't just believe, but obey. And these are the people that he says He will welcome into heaven. And like I said before, the power in the Christian walk is not in just hearing the Word or reading the Word. The power is when we actually move to do the Word and apply the Word in our life. And in this story, Jesus then goes on to unpack the lives of these two different types of people a little bit more. So in Matthew 7, verse 24, it says, "Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them is like a wise man who built his uh, house on the rock." The rain fell, the torrents rained, raged, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the torrents raged and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and, it was a, and great was its collapse. Yeah. So Jesus is comparing two different types of builders, yeah? yeah? And the builders are referring to us. So there's wise builders and foolish builders. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's comparing two different types of foundations, yeah? Which is referring to what we base our life on, our conviction. Yeah. Um, so there's rock versus sand. And he's also comparing two different types of houses, referring to our lives that are built on that rock or that sand, which is strong versus destroyed. He's encouraging us to build our house, our life on the firm foundation that is Jesus. The Bible talks about the rock being Jesus. In Isaiah 26 verse 4, it says, Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord Himself is the rock eternal. Acts 4 verse 11 says, He, meaning Jesus, is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. And then we understand that through John chapter 1, where it says that Jesus is the Word in flesh. So Jesus is the Word. And so if we want to live our life on the rock, on Jesus, we do that by living our life by what the Word is. Says what the Bible says, and as we build our life on what the Word of God, what Jesus says, the rock, His promise is is that if you know, is that He will be our strong foundation, and so when the storm comes, when the waves come, when the winds come, that we uh, will not be knocked down, it will not collapse, but in fact. What storms come to try and destroy our life that God actually promises if we stand on Him and are built on Him, that He will use the storm that, was come, that came to try and destroy us to actually strengthen us and bless us. And for a moment, I just want to encourage you to think about those different, the difference between rock and sand. It's very simple. Doesn't take you too long to realize that if you were going to build a house, you would build it on the rock rather than the sand. Yeah. You'd build it on the thing that was secure and strong and unchanging and firm, yeah. rather than the sand that is forever changing, yeah. blown and moved by the wind and wave, unsteady and unstable. Yeah. You know, um, over uh, not Isa. We didn't. Have, we haven't had Isa. Christmas. We. Um, <laughs> I went on a houseboat with our family and it was really lovely because you kind of cruise through the river and then when it came to the afternoon, you kind of got to pick along the bank of the river as to where you'd want to pull up the houseboat and you'd jump off, grab the ropes, tie up to the trees and you'd moor there for the night and just relax. And one of the days we um, came up, we are mowsing along, we found a really nice stretch of beach, it looked really nice. And so we're like, right, we'll go in there. So we've pulled in. When I say we, I've got to be completely honest, I had no responsibility. I did nothing I actually <laughs> rebelled against any re- responsibility. I just cheered them on. Um, I cheered my dad on and my sister and Ross, who did all the work. Um, but we pulled in, and so Ross has jumped off the boat, the front of the boat, and it looked like like really crisp, firm mud flaps right, that you could just run on. And so he's ran across these mud flaps towards this tree to tie the the rope off onto. And then as he's running, he literally just disappeared into the mud (laughs) and literally came up, like the mud came up to here. So he's disappeared. And then he's like, right, picked himself up and he's trying another way and he's disappeared there and he's crawling through the mud. We are kind of laughing. But then I was like, he's like, he came to the conclusion that he's like, this is not going to work. We need to move the boat down and go somewhere else. I was like, no, leave it with me. So I jumped down, ran, tried. I thought I saw another spot that would be a good place to walk across. I disappeared in the mud and we were crawling through the mud, trying to get our way out. But from afar... It looked firm. From afar, that patch of mud looked like it had been dried and crisp and firm and that you could walk over it. Uh, But when you stood on it and when you tested it, it wasn't. So we literally got stuck in the mud. Anyone play that game growing up? Who's from Sydney? Anyone from Sydney? Did you play stuck in the mud? What kind of childhood? We need to play suck in the mud, come find me after. (laughs) We can be very good at making our lives look like we are living on firm foundations, yeah? We can focus all of our energy on looking like we've got it all together, like we're strong, we're confident, we're satisfied, we're fulfilled, we're at peace, Um, but if you get closer, and if we begin to test your life, I know that there's been seasons in my life, many seasons, that if you got close to my life, from afar it would look great. Yeah. But if you actually got close to my life and actually got to be a little bit, got, you know, had a little window open into my, my heart and my mind, you would see sometimes that actually my life is not firm and there are things that are going on and it's chaotic. But I wonder if in your night tonight... What?
0: <laughs> 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 laughing.
1: Um... Let me just find myself again. Keep keep laughing. I do appreciate that. Um, yes, but if So I don't know if that's you right now or if you've had seasons where, you know, you've put on, you know that for everyone else, it looks like it's, your life is good, your life is solid, everything's together. But if people got a little bit closer to your life or actually got a little glimpse into your heart, a little glimpse into your mind, they might be able to see that potentially things aren't all together and potentially things are collapsing. There is pain, there is turmoil, there is stress um, and there's a yearning that doesn't seem to be satisfied. And it's funny how we can spend so much time and energy trying to focus on what other people can see on the outside, making ourselves look like we've got it all together, rather than actually doing the important job of actually putting the things in place to make sure we start to have it all together, to start building our life on on a firm foundation. And it's very simple, if building your life on the rock is done by applying God's Word, then... Building your life on the sand is done by not applying God's Word. Yeah? When we don't apply the Word of God in our lives, we live by our feelings, we live by our emotions, we live by the opinions of others. Uh, We make big decisions based on what others say and what others think. We uh, make big decisions based on what self-named influences suggest on what the world says we should do. What's in, what's not. But the problem is, with this, is that it's all sifting sand. They're all sifting sand. Basing your life and making decisions on that is like basing your life on sifting sand. What we do one decade, we shouldn't do the next. And my mum told me that there was a time where you would like go sunbathing with like butter smeared all over you. What the? Like to to brown up, to get tan, baby oil. My mum said butter as well. We don't do that now praise Jesus. You can never be sure though that people are pushing things. You know, we can't be sure that the people who are pushing things have got their facts straight. Yeah, Yeah? and we can't be sure if they're pushing an agenda or they've got something else in mind that they're trying to push. Um, But when we build our lives on Jesus, who is never changing, who is always faithful who is always forgiving, who is always strong, always our refuge, always loving, protecting. It's amazing how our lives that were once shifting sand, built on shifting sand and so unstable can actually start to become stable and strong. You know, the Bible says to build your life on the rock. Jesus is the rock His Word is the rock. Isaiah 33 verse 6 says, He will be the firm foundation for, the enti- for their entire lives. He will give them all the wisdom and knowledge and saving power that they will ever need. Respect for the Lord is the key to that treasure. You know, I've been um, following Jesus for nearly 21 years and I gave my heart to Jesus when I was a very broken, I know, when I was very broken, I feel very old, messed up 18-year-old girl. Um, After building my life on sand and honestly doing, you know, what I just said before, basing my decisions and trying to kind of live up to what other people said, what other people thought, trying to make myself look like I had it all together rather than actually being all together. And I remember I just prayed a very simple prayer, a prayer that I'm going to pray and give people an opportunity to pray later on tonight. Um, But just saying, Lord, if you're real, come into my heart. Lord, if you're real, Lord, I surrender to you. I want to know the way that You want me to live and what You have for me to live. And in that moment, I was on a mountain um, in New South Wales. And in that moment, all of the mess that I'd kind of created myself dropped to the ground. And in that moment, I honestly could just remember the tangible feeling of God's love and His grace and His kindness. And I just remember the significant hope that I had for the first time ever. For the first time ever, I had this hope in my heart that I'm going to be okay. Because God's got me and He's going to do something amazing. Yeah, He is doing something amazing in Jesus' name. From that time, I tried to build my life on Jesus, the rock, and I've tried to learn the Word of God and apply the Word of God and live out the Word of God, not always perfectly, often not perfectly, but just trying to use Him and His Word as my compass. And there is one Scripture that has been one of my life Scriptures um, that when I, first, when I first gave my heart to Jesus, I grabbed hold of and used as a bit of a reference for everything else that I did. And it's also the Scripture that when Ross and I got married was the, the Scripture that we've really built our life on, built our family on, and it's never failed us. Um, it's, been, it's, it's been the Scripture that has helped me to start to move from living a life on sandy ground to start moving into a space and living a life on the rock. And so I want to share it with you tonight. It's simple, it's powerful. It's the Scripture that I have filtered and checked a lot of my thoughts by. It's the filter that I've uh, filtered and checked a lot of my decisions by, whether they're big or small. And it's our Scripture for the year, which is Matthew 6, verse 33. And it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. I want to encourage you. If you are new to faith, get hold of this scripture. Meditate on it. Use it. Stand on it. If you are old to faith, get hold of this scripture. Stand on it. Meditate on it. Okay? Be renewed in it. Because if you apply this scripture as a filter for your life as a check for your decisions and for your thinking, it will absolutely be a simple and sure way for you to start moving from sand to rock. And if you already have your life built on the rock, if you feel like you can say, you know what, I can actually pretty surely and assuredly say that actually my life is on the rock, then I wanna encourage you to still meditate and stand on this scripture because it will stop your rock from eroding and becoming sand, okay? The promise is that as we seek to put God's kingdom first and His righteousness, that everything else in our life that probably would worry us, could worry us, should worry us, we don't need to worry about because God will look after us and add what we need. Because God is a good Father who knows what we need even before we know what we need. That if we seek first God's Kingdom, it means that we are seeking Jesus first. First and foremost, out of everything in our lives, we are seeking His presence, we're seeking His truth, His plan and purpose for our lives. We're seeking to partner with Him and what He's wanting to do on this earth, in this church, loving and serving and saving people. And then it says to then seek His righteousness, which means that we above all else, seek to live in the righteousness that Jesus Christ gave to us, that He bought for us on the cross. And so we don't need to prove ourselves anymore. We don't need to prove our worth anymore and strive to be worth enough. We are seen as worthy and we are seen as right with God because Jesus gave our righteousness to us on the cross. And so to seek first His righteousness, we need to choose to trust this promise We need to choose to let it hit our hearts and give us a revelation that even when we don't feel it, even when we don't behave like the righteousness of God, even when other people tell us that we aren't, that actually we're gonna trust His Word, His promise, that we are the righteousness of God, that when God looks at us, He doesn't see our mess, He sees Jesus in front of us because Jesus chose to go to the cross for us and in our place. We need to seek to trust that truth above everything else that might be saying otherwise, including our own voice. And so what does this look like practically? Have a little drink if you would like one while I do. Mm. Please do. (laughs) It means that every thought, every decision, everything you do is ran through the filter of a couple of questions, Okay? There's a couple of questions that Ross and I use to kind of make every decision and there's a couple of questions that we use when we're thinking or when I'm thinking, I can't talk for Ross but we talk about it a lot so I can potentially, Um, but the questions are very simple, it's is this going to help me, whatever is in front of me, whatever I'm, I'm confronted with or whatever I need to make a decision around or whatever I'm thinking in my head, is this going to help me put God first and build His Kingdom more? If yes, great, step into it. If no, okay, leave it. Very simple. I'm a very simple person. Or is this gonna make it harder? Is it gonna pull me away from God? Is it gonna pull me away from the family, the church family that He's set me in? If it's a yes, if yes, it will, then no, don't do it. It's not worth it. Because the Bible says if you put Him first, He will add everything else that you need. The only thing we have to do is put Him first. You don't have to worry about your job, your home, your bills, your income, your children, we do. But you don't have to worry about all of that. All you have to do is put Him first. So simple, hey? Just put Him first. We've got to get to know His Word to know what that looks like. But That's probably another night. But in every decision, every thought, every response, we're either seeking to put Him first or to not. And the great news is with that is that if your life is currently built on sand, you can start replacing your sand with rock with every little decision that you make, every little thought that you have. The bad news is, I feel like Pastor George here, like the good bad, anyway. The bad news is, is that if your life is currently built on rock, you can start replacing your rock with sand with every little decision. We're not exempt from that promise and that power of that Word that says, put first. We're not exempt. We don't ever get to a point where we're like, right, we're done with that. No, every one of us has to continue until we get to heaven to keep putting God first, keep surrendering, keep putting God first. what I'm saying is, is if, if up till now you've built your life on the sand and you're noticing that things are collapsing and falling apart, it's OK. There's hope. Like me on that mountain, for the first time ever, my life was sand. But for the first time ever, hope came into my heart and it was deep and it was strong. And I, was, I knew that I was going to be OK because God had me. There's hope for you in that your next decision Can actually start to replace that sand with rock. And what I'm also saying is if you've lived up till now with your life built on the rock, don't get tired. Don't allow the world to erode your foundation. Keep putting God first. And this is something that a lot of things, like this is actually something that probably a lot of the time only God can see. It's not something that is often for everyone to see. It's in the quiet, in the thinking, yeah. in the little surrenders. Only God can see if you're truly putting Him first. Yeah. Yeah. But as you do put Him first, your, your, your life will continue to be strengthened by rock. Yeah. And so I'd love to chat with you just with about a few examples of what this looks like for me. Okay. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is seeking God's Kingdom first in my thinking. Choosing to prioritise thoughts that line up with what God says about me over what I think about me and over what other people have said about me in my life. God says that I'm made righteous because of Jesus. That's the truth. I'm not perfect. I don't always act like Jesus. But even so, that's the truth. And so I need to filter my thoughts to seek His righteousness over my insecurities Okay, don't settle for the insecurity talking. You need to settle on what God's Word says about you. Even if you don't believe it, even if you don't understand it, that's okay. That's faith. Yeah. So 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He made Him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. And we do, how do we do that? We, how do we filter our thoughts to make sure that our thoughts are seeking God's truth and standing in His righteousness. 2 Corinthians 10 verse five says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So we need to take our thoughts captive. We need to make our thoughts obey Christ. We need to make our thoughts obey what the Word says rather than obeying what our insecurity and our messed up opinions and our messed up thinking says. That is a process. And that process looks like this. The Bible talks about don't, not being transformed, um, being, not conforming to the patterns of the world, but being tr- transformed by renewing your mind. So what that process looks like, for me, a thought that um, I've often had is... Um, uh, huh. hmm. What's the thought that I've often had? Let me just remind myself. Um, Yeah, a thought that I've often had is I can't do this. God can't use me. I can't break through this, Okay, I can't break through this challenge. I can't break through this. And so when I think that, what the process for me is, is okay. stop. Does that thought line up with the Word of God? Is that thought lining up with putting God's truth first or not? No, it's not. Because God's truth is, is that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God's truth says that um, I am more than an overcomer, that God has a great plan for me, that He will not stop working in me until He's finished the good work in me. And so what I do is we take the thought captive, we test it. Is this lining up with God's Word? No. Is this helping me put God first in my life? No. Okay, in that case, throw it to the side and we replace it with the Word of God. And we replace it with a battle scripture that is then gonna help us fight that thought that might keep coming out back. That every time that thought comes back, no, we take that thought captive, we throw it to Jesus and we stand on Your Word, God, that says, I am more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That You are in me. If You are for me, who can be against me? That greater is He who's in me. Then he who's in the world. Yeah. You've got to look and actually check the thoughts that are coming into your, t- into your head. Yeah. Don't just let them settle, don't just let them sit. Yeah. Test them, throw them, yeah. replace it with a battle scripture. Amen. Another thought that I've had is God can't fix this. God can't fix me. I'm always gonna be lacking in self-discipline around chocolate, it's legit, <laughs> it's a legit thought. <laughs> But I have to catch that thought and not settle with that and not let that repeat in my head. I have to catch it and remind myself with this battle scripture that, uh, that Ephesians, uh, no, I'm going to go to, 2 Timothy says, um, God has given me a spirit, not, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power and self-control. Yeah, I got there, praise Jesus. What are the thoughts that you haven't checked? What are the thoughts that are roaming around your head actually causing your life to be on sifting sand? Is this thought helping me build God's kingdom? Is this thought seeking God's kingdom first? Is this thought trusting His word over my word? Is this thought trusting His word over my word? Is it true to what He says about me or is it just what I think? and do you know what? I know what it's like when you hear the word of God and you go, gosh, that is so far beyond what I can imagine. Yeah. Like, I'm, like what I, it, I know what it's like when I know that um, the word of God and what I feel about myself does not match up. Yeah. And there feels like a chasm between what God says about me and what I feel and what I've done. And that is the space where you need to get your big girl pants on, your big boy pants on and stand in faith and go lead yourself strongly to not come under your thought, but choose to go, no, by faith, I'm gonna speak over myself what you say, God. I'm gonna stand with you on what you say, God, even if I don't believe it, even if I don't feel it. Faith is not about feeling. It's about standing on His Word when you feel it, when you don't, when you think it, when you don't, when you get it, when you don't. Stand on His Word. Stand on His Word. Secondly, I want to talk about seeking God's Kingdom first in my challenge or in my hurt. In response to someone hurting me without putting God first, pre-Jesus Amber, right, would, woo hello. I'm going to talk really quickly now, okay? Um... Not putting God first when I'm hurt or when someone hurts me. Looks like me getting offended, getting overwhelmed, pulling back from people, pulling back from the church, fighting back, that was me. Trying to hurt back. I talk about it, gossip about it, complain about it, which would lead me to do more damage to me and to other people. That was the old me, pre-Jesus me and the non-perfect me sometimes. But seeking God first... In this means seeking to see what God said, God's Word says about offence over what I feel about it and trying to apply that. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Yeah. All right, Lord, you're telling me to guard my heart even though it really hurts. But Lord, help me to guard my heart and not let this offence stay. Help me to give it to you. Yeah. Exodus 14 says, The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Like, hey, God, I want to fight back. I want to lash back, but God, I'm going to stand yeah. in you, still in you, and Lord, I'm going to trust you that you will fight for me. I don't need to fight for me. Right. Ephesians 4:32 says, "Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you." Gosh, Lord, I don't want to forgive. But Lord, if you're asking me to forgive, help me. Help me to forgive. Just like you forgive me constantly for all the stuff and the mess that I do. Lord, help me. Putting God first in my offence means surrendering to Him, crying to Him, allowing Him to strengthen me and fill me with His grace. In response to a challenge, we need to remember that God says challenges are gonna come. Don't be surprised by the challenge. Yeah, we're all gonna have challenges, but the difference will be in how we respond. I love the story of Paul and Silas when they got put in the prison, chained up, no fault of their own, innocent. And they could have complained, whinged, done all of that, fought back, but they chose to praise and pray. Seeking God's Kingdom first means bringing our challenge to Him. As soon as we see it, surrendering it to Him, crying to Him. He loves us, hey. I'm gonna have to do a part two of that because I'm like almost really not done. Really not done. But God loves you. He loves you. And He is the God who is able to turn your sand to rock, turn your mess to a message, turn your weakness into strength. But we need to make the, the step of surrendering and choosing to put our faith. The Bible says, he who believes will be saved. If you believe with your heart and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and that He died on the cross, that you will be saved.
0: Thank you so much for joining us online today.